This is the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Podcast, episode number two. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. In today's episode, I interviewed Jack Mitchell from TheEveningHatch.com, who's a 30-year fly fishing guide. We talk about winter steelhead fly fishing and get into some great tips. Jack covers some big topics like nymphing and, and stripping streamers, how to find steelhead in transitional zones, lining your rod correctly, and much more. Don't miss this episode as Jack tells a crazy story about the naked guy in his jet sled uh, while fishing. Uh, you, you definitely don't want to miss that. So without further ado, here's Jack from TheEveningHatch.com. How's it going, Jack? Very good, Dave. How are you doing? Good, good. Good to have you on right. here. Um, I, uh, I think I should be able to uh, be okay getting through this show today. I mentioned a little earlier, I've got a little bit of a cold going on here, so I'm going to uh, battle through it, but I wanted to get this call in with you because... Uh, you're on a, a, a river that I actually, I fished before and, uh, it's something I want to talk a little bit about today, but really just getting into a, a bunch of general, um, steelhead fly fishing questions and, and kind of go from there. Does that sound good? Sounds great. You just fire away. All right. Good deal. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to start off first, just talking a little bit about where you came from and maybe if you could describe how you got into fly fishing and steelhead fly fishing and, and really guiding because you've been guiding for quite a while now. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about that whole history there. Sure, Dave. Well, I mean, I grew up fishing. Um, I, I have been guiding now. This is our 30th year. I started in 1988. So, so this next season will be our 30th year. So well, that's, yeah, it's not, not certainly not a weekend thing, and it isn't about wealth building when it comes to dollars. It's more about enjoying the office and the people yep. that you're surrounded with. But the um, I started as a as a youngster fishing off the Washington coast. With my family, my grandfather owned a um, a fishing resort actually on the Puget Sound, and then we ended up going out to Nia Bay, and and uh, I just grew up on I just grew up fishing. Obviously, that's not river fishing, mm-hmm. but it just, it's, you know, eventually, uh, after those younger formidable years, I ended up, um, going to college, which was kind of a joke for me. I played a lot of rugby and drank a lot of beer yeah. and, and did a lot of hunting. Yeah. I, I did my degree finally, but, um, the, uh, I ended up in Ellensburg on a business proposition and it kind of brought me back home to fishing again because, there was about a five or six year period there where I wasn't fishing when I was in college. Really, uh, it was more like hunting and 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 uh, school and and rugby yeah. and a little bit of fishing. And then I ended up back in in, in Allensburg. I I ended up there and and I realized that that was pretty doggone good trout fishing right there. Yeah. And and so that kind of re rekindled the old the old fishing that I'd been doing. So there's about a five, six year hiatus there where I really wasn't fishing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I've just been fishing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you got in, how did you get into the, the evening hatch? Is that, is that your main, um, I guess that's kind of the main place where you do business yeah. and fish, you know, everything goes yeah. out of how, how did the, all that come to be? Well, you know, um, I remember 
There was a couple local guides. One was Tim Irish, and the other one was Bob Aid from Kaufman's. And the other one was Chuck Cooper on the Yakima. And uh, and uh, I remember discussing fishing with them and and uh, and realizing that really there wasn't a whole lot of people on on the Yakima River. And I thought, wow, what an opportunity to do something that really I enjoy, and then you know make a living at it. So I just started. I actually sold all my baseball cards hmm. and bought the first raft and, and I had a little pickup and that's what I started with. Huh. And, um, and I started, you know, for years, all I ever did was fish a dry fly or for four or five years. That's all we did is fish a dry fly. And then, and then, re- and then I realized that there was other, uh, other angles of fishing. And so I started investigating, you know, the, the idea of nymphing and swinging um, and that was predominantly for trout at that time. My, my steelhead game started really in about 98. That okay. was 10 years. Okay. After, yeah. 10 years after I started, um, trout fishing and, and guiding. And, uh, yep. in that, yep. from 1988 to 1998, I spent seven winters in Patagonia though. So, oh, wow. oh wow. yeah, I was, I, I think I fished 54 different watersheds between Puerto Mott and Coyhaique in, in Chile. So Jeez. I, I did a lot of off the, uh, off the continent stuff during the off season. And, but nowadays, I mean, everything, our operation slowly, but surely our oper- operation in the United States or Washington became year round. Huh. First, it was just seasonal, basically June through, you know, or March through whatever. Well, yeah. first of all, yeah. when I, I started fishing the Yakima, it wasn't even a year-round fishery. It was June through October. Then they opened it up year-round, but I didn't have enough business, you know, to make a living. So I went somewhere else, <laughs> and then uh, so that was the progression. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. You you definitely uh, had a better baseball card collection than I had. I I'd still sitting up in the garage collected dust. You must uh, <laughs> you must have had a few uh, some better selections than me. That, that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I did actually I had a Mickey Mantle. Wow, first wow. first year, and then let me see what did I had really a cool. uh, yeah I had some commemoratives that were worth some money too. Original commemoratives and or I mean. They weren't original cards, but they were commemoratives that became valuable. And uh-huh. then um, I had some football cards. That I had Len Dawson's first year. Oh, yeah. I, I had uh, who did I have? Johnny Unitas's first year. Yeah, that's pretty. So cool. that was yeah, not bad. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, so the Yakima. Um, I mean, definitely, I could chat more about that. That's interesting because that's definitely one that um, I guess I don't hear as much about. But there's some pretty uh, you have some pretty good fishing out there. You know, I spend a I mean, we still operate a guide service on there. Personally, I don't do much guiding there just because I can't keep them. I mean, there's no way I could be in five different places at once. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's a wonderful fishery. Actually, quite frankly, this time of year is my favorite. I mean, um, in about 97 is when I started actually swinging a fly a lot. Uh-huh. And uh, and and uh, prior to that, like I said, I'd done a lot of um, – I'd done a lot of um, – you know, dry flying and streamer fishing, you know, retrieving flies as mm-hmm. well as, as well as nymphing. But, um, I started swinging a fly a lot in, in 97, I was swinging, I started realizing that the swinging on the Yakima was amazing in the winter. Huh. And I mean, some of the statistics I, I could repeat would, no one would believe them anyway. <laughs> so I'm not gonna, um, but we used to catch a lot of fish swinging. I had this one fly called the 
it was called a seal bugger. Uh huh. And, uh, and, um, so we would, uh, toss, toss those and swing them. And my goodness, we did, we catch a lot of fish back in the day there. Yeah, nice. So is that yeah. something, uh, with swinging do you, now for steelhead, do you do more swinging or nymphing or a little combination of both? You know, we do, we do it all. I mean, honestly, my favorite way to fish, I mean, if I had my choice, I would shoot, I'd shoot a 50 foot, 55 foot line and 45 to 65 foot line, long bellies. That's my favorite. Oh, really? Yeah. But, but that isn't winter style. You know I mean? You're not, yep. not many, not many winter, not many winter fish. Are, it just depends on the river and the situation. Obviously, you know, you choose your tackle based on, depth and flow and temperatures and clarity and and all the above i mean there i have caught some winter steelhead on long lines mm. on rivers that are are shallower like i mean the queets has a lot of water that's only two to four feet deep and easy walking so i mean with a with a medium tip behind a, a fall favorite you can actually target winter steelhead mm. with the fall favorite is basically a win, uh, summer steelhead line but mm-hmm. um but you are you're able to depending like I said depending on depth and flow in the water that you're fishing. But um, um, to answer your that's a long story to answer yeah. your short question. But yeah, we do it all. We yeah. fish. We we do fish nymphs and uh, and um, we do fish uh, two handers, Skagit style, yep. Scandi style, long belly style. Yeah. Cool. And you and on the on the click on the click attack, you guys cover cover both and kind of equally. We do. Um, you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting. On the Clickitat, I would say our guest base is 50-50 yeah. when it comes to their desires. And then uh, on the Olympic Peninsula, I bet our, our guest base is more laid, you know, targeted 75 swing, 25 nymphs. So uh-huh. um, yep. that being said, you know, it, we just we, we basically ask our guests what they want and try to fulfill their, their expectations when it comes to Gotcha. Teaching them something about about the game, and hopefully yeah. they, they can appreciate. Yeah, hopefully they learn to appreciate the resource. Yeah. yeah. So most of your, I, I definitely get a number of questions coming from people that are new to not necessarily fly fishing, but new to um, steelhead fly fishing, and they're you know a common question is like what you know what's the first setup to get as far as you know the outfit. It's kind of you know I grew up uh, single hand rod. You know I mean that was that was the thing and. And, uh, you know, and then the spay rods came in and all that stuff and changed the game. But I mean, what, what do you tell somebody, you know, that you, that comes to you and they're, and they're talking about that and they don't know, you know, whether to go with a single or a, uh, or a spay well, rod. Well, for swinging, I wouldn't recommend anything but a two handed, uh, tool. I mean, cause, and the reason I say that is because I'm a lazy angler. Don't get me wrong. I'll work hard for fish, but two hand, once you get the dynamics of two handed casting, it's life is way easier. I mean, can you imagine being backed up against yeah. a band of trees trying to get a fly out there with a single hand rod where, um, where a two handed rod uh, allows us the opportunity to do so. And, and effortlessly once you learn some of the, t- the dynamics. So my yeah. recommendation for swinging flies is definitely a two handed rod when it comes to weight and size. Uh, if someone is, is going to be fishing the Olympic peninsula, and the and the click attack, I'd say an eight weight. When some if someone's fishing the Grand Ron and the Methow, even though it's not open, or, or yeah. smaller steelhead, smaller steelhead or summer run steelhead that are far up the system, I'd recommend you know even a five weight. But 
but you know, a six to seven, you know, mm-hmm. in that realm, in that realm. Yeah. Okay. The, the click attack fish, click attack fish tend to be very winter steelhead like, huh. if you will. Granted, they're not as big and, but they pull hard. The river's got high gradient. And uh-huh. so if I were to recommend one rod for winter steelheading in the click attack, I'd recommend an eight weight, 12 and a half to 13 and a half foot rod in that respect. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Um, and what about for a, you know, if you're going to get into, uh, you know, maybe just a couple of tips, steelhead tips you might give somebody new to the, you know, fish and winter steelhead, uh, you know, just kind of getting going, what, what would you tell them to, to think about before yeah. they get started? Well, first of all, um, I'm a big fan of not dragging the bottom. Now we know for winter steelhead fishing, you know, you need to get down, but if you're dragging the bottom, you're not fishing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, meaning the fish don't eat down. They eat at their face or up, or they bite. Let mm-hmm. me put it that way. They bite at their face or up. They are not, and especially summer runs, obviously, but, um, yep. winter, winter runs, if you're dragging the bottom. So that means before you choose to step into the run, which may require two different tips to actually fully, fully, fully fish the run. So that's why I love fishing with two anglers. I love it because oh, yeah. I'll, put, I'll put someone out in front with as light a tip as we can to swing it right to the beach. And then, and then the next guy steps out and whatever, let's just call it eight feet or 10 feet. And he's fishing a different tip and, and actually fishing uh, a more, more deep, part of the of the run i i really really think that is probably the, one of the smartest yeah it's a great you do secondly secondly the um you know understand that fish are moving especially winter steelhead they are moving and and they move way more than their summer counterparts mm-hmm. and uh and and if you have if you know there are times when winter steelhead settle down obviously they they will sit down in a hole but um, if you have water changing, changing water conditions, man, I, I don't spend much time in the guts, obviously. And this is not rocket science. It's, it is, uh, it is, uh, basically fish the heads and tails. I mean, there's not, there's not much, I think that steelhead fishing is probably the easiest approach of fishing there is. There is, when it comes to its overall approach, it's the most simple approach. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got moving fish, fish heads and tails, if you, you got water that's if you have water that is um, um, lowering and clearing, fish probably the depths of the holes. If you if you have m- less clarity, you can fish bigger. If you have this is not always right. the case. If you have uh, really really clear water, you might fish more subtle. I mean that's about mm-hmm. as basic of an approach as you can get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are those are great tips. Uh, it, as far as the line, um, do you guys have a, a type of line, or a, I mean, you mentioned a skagit. Are there any special tips you guys use, or something, or it's just kind of whatever people bring to the game? You know, a lot. There's okay when it comes to even when it comes to swinging flies subsurface for steelhead. If I have if I have an even flow, and I have you know, not, not broken up by big boulders and not, and, and I have a, a, a big glide, let's call yep. it. Um, that is two to five feet deep and smooth. I love dual density lines, you know, where you have, where you have, um, um, integrated uh, intermediate in, into the, into the head itself. Mm-hmm. And then, um, 
when you when when I'm fishing pocket water, slotty water, um, when I'm fishing abrupt water, I um, I will I, I tend to like a skagit because yeah. I'm not, and, 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 a, and a shorter generally seven and a half feet to ten feet of tip uh, and a heavy bug so I can drop it into the slot if right. you will. Yep. Yep. No, that's that's a great great point for sure. Um, so changing uh, uh, courses a little bit on, we're talking a lot about swinging. Um, as far as nymphing, what what is? Can you explain what that looks like when you guys get in that for for winter steelhead? Well, I mean, honestly, they're okay. Basically, we're taking an old school technique. Technique, you know. I saw, recently read somewhere that um, you know there's all this hubbub of fishing beads or whatever. Oh, yeah. Right. Obviously, a bead does catch fish, but oh, yeah. you know what? The, the, the funny thing about about all of this is that steelheaders have been fishing little round things for steelhead for eons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not it's not anything new, you know what I mean? Yeah. And in the corky is a round thing. So basically when you're nymphing for steelhead, you're basically doing an old school technique, side drifting, uh, and utilizing a fly rod to do it. Um and you know it's effective. There's no doubt about it. And yeah. you know what? It can't. It's there is certainly a skill set to nymphing that that uh, that is uh, specific to it. And and it actually is not easy. In fact, getting a drag free drift is yep. significantly harder than than an, than an actual swung. You know, to swing a fly. Now there is obviously some nuances to swinging a fly that don't meet the average angler's eye. That 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 are that's what's so cool about teaching fishing because you can teach those nuances but um yeah anyway so you're basically when it comes to nipping your side drifting you know you can use you can use bobbers you can do it without bobbers yep. um, one of my one of my favorite ways to fish steelhead believe it or not other than swinging is streamers i mean honestly that's a you know you you go out there you don't fish you don't fish a bobber and and you know you capitalize on fishing from point A to point B, and you know the water that you wouldn't have fished because you're not swinging it, but but you're also utilizing a tactic that is not easy, and it certainly is not a numbers game. Meaning because you're fishing out of a boat with a streamer for steelhead, it's kind of like swinging. Meaning the numbers yeah. of fish you're gonna you're, yeah the numbers of fish you're gonna catch are similar, <laughs> but <laughs> but it can be very exciting when when you have a fish charge that fly, you know, a big wild native charge that fly. You sometimes you can see them come to the fly, nice. you know. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty cool. Uh, what sort of patterns are you using for that for the streamers? I mean, on the, on the queets, a big pink thing generally. Yeah. yeah. Um, on on the um, on the uh, for summer runs, you know, uh, for example, on the clickatat, a stonefly, believe it or not, oh, yeah. retreat, a big muddler. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the muddler, right? That's a good one. And and. The first fish I ever caught on the clickatat was with, uh, meaning from the boat, not swung, but from the mm-hmm. boat, was on a purple leech that was five inches long, and I watched the fish <laughs> eat it. Wow! And there was, and there was no bobber. You know, I was yep. just high stick and retrieving, and, and 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 quite frankly, that is probably the most difficult. If anybody ever puts that down, I'd like to see them do it because, quite frankly, it is the most challenging way to fish because to sink and to retrieve accordingly to the tactics at or to the terrain at hand is is certainly a uh, 
uh, challenging method of fishing. So meaning, meaning when you throw that fly out there that's weighted, you need to, and you need to sink it into a hole mm-hmm. and, and, and retrieve when needed. I mean, most people can't do that. They, they can't effectively do that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, I definitely, uh, there's some technique there for sure. Yeah. You could tell, yeah. you could tell that's great. Um, so who was, uh, you know, thinking back in just, you know, your years of fly fishing, you said you've been, um, guiding for almost 30 years, you know, in your life, who is somebody that's, that's been a mentor for you or somebody that helped, uh, kind of get you to, you know, kind of into fly fishing or get you to where you're at today? Well, I am not much into writing and I'm not much into watching videos. Mm-hmm. Of course, back in those days, the only video we had was VHS, but so I was always one that leaned over shoulders and mm-hmm. looked at and looked at pictures. Believe it or not, um, Randy Scott Stetzer's magazine, or yep. I mean, or his best whatever the best was it the best five hundred? Yeah, uh, I've been, uh, yeah. That was my that was my mentor when it comes to tying trout flies. I just I would whenever I needed a trout fly, I would look at that. I would also say that in the very beginning on the Yakima, um, Tim Irish, actually, I mean, I leaned over his shoulder quite a few times. Mm-hmm. His scope was limited when it comes to what I wanted, but his knowledge of dry flying was very good. Um, and so, um, and then as, as we, you know, as we progress over the years, I've, you know, I've learned, I gleaned information from many people, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, for that matter, Trace Combs is on our staff. I've gleaned information from yep. him. Jeff Cottrell is one of our managers, my managers. He's got 27 years of uh, guiding. I uh, was, was 17 years in Tierra de Fuego and five years in, in um, or seven years in, in, uh, the, in the Cola Peninsula. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gleaned a lot of information from him. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's one person. I think it's just a matter of, uh, a lot of info. There's never, there was never really any one individual. Yeah. No, that's cool. It seems to be the common message that, you know, I get when, as I do more of these conversations is, you know, it's just the, the connections with people, you know, that people really love about being in the fly fishing industry. You know, like you said, it's not a, it's not a thing where you're going to make millions necessarily doing whatever, but it's just kind of enjoying the people you're around. So no, I, I appreciate that. Thanks for letting me know, uh, a few of those, uh, those names. Um, what, uh, if you had, you know, just a few, we talked a little bit about flies, but maybe two or three steelhead flies that are kind of your go-tos. Do you have a, do you have a few patterns you, you like to use? Well, for summer runs, I uh, fish a lot of, mud- yeah. for summer runs, yeah. I fish a lot of muddlers. I mean, Mothers. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I like, I like, I do have to say that, uh, I, uh, it depends on the river too, because, the Klickitat, like I said, is a river. It's a it's a summer run river that you can also fish five inches of intruder and catch mm. fish. Whereas, you know, some rivers don't don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, a steelhead's a steelhead. They're going to bite whenever they want to bite. But uh, some rivers, some summer run rivers don't. Like if you went to the Upper Kalama and try in mm-hmm. in the summertime in clear water and you fished a five to six inch. Intruder, my guess is you wouldn't catch as many as you would if you did that on the click attack. You got mm-hmm. me? Yep. Uh-huh. So, um, so to make the long story short, I fish um, muddlers for summer runs a lot. I do fish some bigger stuff as well on the mm-hmm. click attack. And one of them is called the super muddler. Another one would be called the AI. I'm a big fan of an AI. That's okay. an artificial intelligence oh, yeah. body 
by Chris Senyo, and yep. I use that I use that fly a lot on the on the um, Olympic Peninsula as well. And there's another fly, believe it or not, it's the ugliest fly you've ever seen, but check it out at grad grabflies.com. Uh-huh. It's a it's a combination of mole leech and and um, prom dress, I guess, if you will. Mm. And uh, and that doggone thing has caught me plenty, plenty of fish. And uh, so, you know, it's all it's all a matter of confidence, really. Yeah, just, it is. Yeah, it I is. Don't, you know, the funny the funny thing about steelhead patterns, Dave, is that you know there's so many different patterns. Really, I end yeah. up using about six different patterns to ten different patterns, and that is it. I know. You know yeah, me too. Me too. It's it, I kind of enjoy just tying some. Well, I, I enjoy this because I'll probably tie a f, you know some of those up and just I, I do some fly time videos online too. So I always get a kick to hear what people are using. And, uh, kind yeah, of, that yeah that AI that AI has brought us a lot of fish on the Olympic Peninsula. I've seen three hooks straightened out on the AI. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So when they just so when they decide to eat it, they do they they, they go will for crush it. it. Yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> Um, I can't remember where I saw this, but maybe you could tell me a little bit about the, uh, the Rio Pico. The Rio Pico is a, uh, tributary to the Rio Figueroa, which is a tributary to the, uh, Rosalot, which is a tributary to the Plana that dumps into the salt in Chile. Okay. So, um, I spent, there's a whole lot of tributary going on there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Anyways, uh, I spent a lot of time in the La Junta region in Chile. So the, the Pico was my favorite river probably down there yeah it was okay it, yeah it's it originates in argentina and uh uh the actual pico itself and and then it flows into chile and then it dumps into the figueroa which comes out of lago verde um and uh yeah it it, it uh are you guys fishing for uh like sea run browns there no, well, there there would might be a few sea run browns in there. There, uh, this was a resident trout fishery okay. with with some some anadromous fish that meaning specifically chinook. There were chinook in that system. And, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, getting back to the uh, the the casting, are there any when you think of spay casting? It sounds like you do a little bit of. Um, do you do some some teaching, or do most of your clients come with they're pretty experienced? Experience. Oh no! Thirty percent of our guests are complete beginners. Okay. We also we also have we also have the two hander day. We put on this is this year was the fifth annual, and you know world champion casters there, and and that's a clickatat spay clay. Oh yeah. And uh, it has it has evolved, and it is, a, and I've had a lot of good help with that, like Brian Chow. Mm-hmm. There's another person. There's another person I've learned some things from. Yeah. Also, Ben Dow is another instructor at the two hander day and uh you might not know his name not many people know ben's name but boy i tell you the guy is an incredible angler uh and caster i've learned a lot from him so uh-huh. the um um the two hander day is a uh is a, a a great instructional free well last year we did ask for a donation but that's mm-hmm. we love to teach and so mm-hmm. we do a lot of it yes cool and wh- when is that typically what time of year August, the second week in August. Okay. Second weekend in August is is when it will be again this next year, and uh, it'll be our sixth annual. And Perfect. Be a, we're going to do it, and then we have a a big party up at the ranch mm-hmm. afterwards, and we show Catch Magazine videos under the stars, and it's outside, and it's it's a great event, really. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll uh, 
definitely uh, try to make it up here this next year. Um, what, uh, I guess thinking back to, um, uh, just, I guess you fish a lot of the same rivers here, um, as you're guiding on, but do you have any tips? I always like to ask this one because this is another question I get quite a bit on, on finding fish. Do you have any tips for, you know, if you're, I guess, new to a river and you're looking to find steelhead? I mean, I t- typically, you know, you tell people, well, you cover the runs and, and that sort of thing, but do you have any other tips on maybe finding uh, winners or, or some? I love, well? yeah, I personally love transitional spots, meaning not a run, but a transitional spot, like where, where it's, uh, especially when you have moving fish. I mean, obviously, you know, transitional spots aren't great if you don't have moving fish. Mm-hmm. If the fish are settled down, they're probably not in the transitional spot, but the way, the way it works out on the Olympic Peninsula, the waters are generally changing. So transitional spots become very key. And so instead of spending, like if I take someone to the, to the Queets and we fish from Hartzell down to the bridge, I mean, there's some runs in there that are literally a mile long. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, really, really, I don't think that's a great use of your time, meaning yeah. fishing the whole, the whole thing. I think fishing heads and tails mm-hmm. of a run like that makes makes sense now conversely if you jump on the on the clear water which is probably um probably one of the most i would say uh advanced angling approaches mm-hmm. not because it is it's so it's so slotty and you need to get your fly down da 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 and it's deeper than normal the rivers and whatever but those that river uh allows you to fish through a run and not spend your whole day doing so, meaning because they're short and compact. Yeah. 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 So, um, so depending on the river, I would say if you've got big, huge runs, heads and tails. Even if the even if the fish aren't transitioning, meaning like on the on the queets from, like I said, those the, the heads and tails are where you want to fish. Okay. And then uh, and then or you know typically, let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, nothing is a is a is a for sure always but and then when you got smaller rivers and when you have compact runs you know what the heck fish through it you know especially if you and and quite frankly here's one of my you know fish through the water meaning i i I put someone in a run and i tell them to fish through it. we need to get through it in 25 30 minutes and they're still standing in the same spot <laughs> 20 minutes later yeah so my rule of thumb is if you got two feet of viz you step two feet to three feet if you've got three feet of viz you spent step three to four uh-huh. you know three to four steps if you've got four feet of viz to five feet of viz you should be stepping four to five big steps i oh, mean yeah. you know you're looking yeah yeah move through the run yeah. yeah, no, that's, that is good. It's a, tr- it's a point because I have a, a few friends that are at least a couple that definitely uh, work slower and it's when you're behind them, it can be a little annoying sometimes. Yeah. Oh, fishing. No, it's good. Um, uh, as far as the, um, the evening hatch, maybe you can just, uh, talk a little bit more on that just so, um, uh, you know, as far as where you guys, it sounds like you, you've kind of covered where you guys fish or if somebody wanted to come out and connect with you guys, are those the main rivers you you fish at? Sure. Well, I mean, we fish the Olympic Peninsula during the winter, during prime time. I mean, there are guys that spend their whole year out on the Olympic Peninsula. We fish out there from basically January 1 until April 7. Okay. We, at the same a year round, we have an operation on the Upper Columbia, which is, I would call, some world-class trout fishing. Hmm. Uh, our big, last year, we had two fish over 10 pounds. Jeez. And, yeah, and those are wild native trout. And, <laughs> and, um, and almost every year, we see two to three four fish of that class. And then, 
And we and what's very cool about that river is we swing the fly a lot. Huh. Um, what are you and, swinging? What what patterns? Uh, we well then now that one might be a little hard to give up on. Oh yeah, but, no, that's <laughs> that's cool. The, uh, <laughs> no, there's a variety of things. Really, yeah. everything from you know during during hatch season, soft tackles. During, yeah, I was just saying because I mean you think of swinging the old traditional wet flies kind of uh, is what. You, yeah, yeah, absolutely. More kudos to your name right there. In fact, that's a yep. lost art, Dave. I mean, the yeah. true wet fly fishing yeah. is a lost art. I mean, no I one fishes. No one fishes trout with a wet fly anymore, other than save for a few. One of our staff yeah. members, one of our staff members, Steve Bird, he he actually has a um, a blog site called the Soft Tackle Journal, and okay. uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, that's a lost art, and quite frankly, it's very very effective on, especially on certain watersheds. On the Upper Columbia, it's very good, and then mm-hmm. we also during during non hatch seasons on the Upper Columbia fish. You know, sculpin patterns and yeah. streamers, and and um, um, so the Upper Columbia, we have our own lodge on that mm-hmm. river. That's Black Bear Lodge, and then uh, Steelhead Ranch is on the Cligatad, and then the Olympic Peninsula, we have the Quinault Cabin, which is on Lake Quinault, and then um, and then uh, the Yakima, of course, where we started. We have our own little fly shop shack, if you will, right there in Ellensburg. So oh, okay. Those are those are our core watersheds. Yep. Nice, nice. You got it. Yeah, pretty much. You got most of the the east and west of the state covered. That, that's yeah. that's good. Uh, uh, maybe tell me a little bit about um, guiding. You you know, again, the thirty years. Uh, I know guiding. I've done a little bit of myself, and I know it. Uh, you know, it's not always easy. How, what, what's kept you going on that? I mean, are you still are you still as fired up uh, guiding as you were when you when you got started, or what's the secret? Well, I would have to say that. Uh, there's one thing Jack has never been short of is enthusiasm, and most would tell you that. I mm-hmm. would say that in my in the last few years, my enthusiasm is still there. I just probably tone it down a little bit more. The um, um, I would uh, honestly, I do enjoy teaching, um, and um, you know, not and and realistically, not to uh, the the whole idea is not to pat yourself on the back. The whole idea is to help someone learn something, but. Yeah. You know, when it comes to teaching, I mean, I've taught, I've taught, you know, casting and teaching and, or excuse me, fishing te- techniques for 30 years. So I, I mean, it is, a, it is something that I enjoy doing and, and, um, and then of course, catching fish isn't such a bad thing either. Yeah. You know? And then, and then making the friends and then enjoying the places that we fish. I mean, watersheds, I call them. You know, rivers are the arteries of the earth, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to, we really do need to take care of them because one day, one day people will realize, and I'm sure that many do at this juncture, the, the most valuable resource in the world is water. So, yeah, no, I think that's, that's kind of the cool thing about, especially, you know, fly, a lot of different, um, you know, fly fishing in general, but you know, there's a conservation ethic, which is, which is always good to hear. So we're not going to, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, everybody, everybody has their way of uh, being part of their conservation. The way I have done it, I've never had much time. So I, uh, I give back to kids. I give back with our, our teaching of the two hander day. And I've given to clubs eons uh, over the years for 30 years. I've been given to clubs, um, you know, yeah. meaning I give them a donation and, and I let them get the money and then do mm-hmm. their conservation work. Cause that's what, you know, that's what clubs do a lot of. And, yep. and, 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 and that has been the way I have given back. No, it's great. Um, 
I just think I, uh, as far as uh, casting tips, I'm not sure if I, uh, if I totally, um, asked that correctly, but did you have a, um, you know, a couple questions ago on, on, on tips for casting as far as spay castings, uh, something that, you know, well, the range, yeah, the range of motion as far as, I mean, you have a big long stick in your hand, you're wielding Excalibur times two, you know what I mean? So just with single, the same with single handed rods, Mm -hmm. single, single handed rods. It's very easy to use too much range of motion. It's one of the first common, common errors. Now add, get rid of the single handed rod and put a two handed rod in your hand. Now you're, now, like I said, you're wielding Excalibur huh. times two, and it is very easy to use way too much range of motion. Yep. Very easy. And, um, and of course, we're, we're all well aware that uh, lining a spay rod is completely different. Or let me, there's more dynamics to lining a spay rod than there is to a single hand rod. So um, certain rods will respond better with certain lines, and that is a, that will help someone's casting. Believe you me, if it is not lined correctly, here's the thing. Uh, Jimmy Green used to say you can cast anything, right? Yeah. Meaning just adjust your stroke. And that is true. But for the beginner, that isn't very easy. I remember learning on mid-spay. That is a, was one of the worst lines ever, <laughs> the old mid-spay. And it was, all, it, was, it was an underlined line as well. So... If you could cast the mid-spay, you could cast anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, really, honestly, it was not a very... And then, then came along the wind cutter. Uh-huh. And, and, um, but, uh, but again, lining your, line, lining your rod correctly is real important as a casting tip for beginners. Because if it isn't lined correctly, it's going to be very frustrating for... Um, and for the, can, you, yeah. can you clarify lining your, uh, lining your line correctly? Exactly. Lining your rod correctly. I mean, that, I mean, it, that's a variable. I mean, based on, based on, um, you know, a faster rod, you probably can get away with a lighter skagit head. A slower rod, you're going to need a skagit head that might be a little heavier. I mm-hmm. mean, because it takes less time to load that rod with a faster rod, you can, you don't need as much um, weight in that rod. Right. Um, and and you know, there's so many dynamics. I mean, like if I, for a long time, I could not. This is not a put down against Sage, right? Yeah. Um, I love my Sage one right now. My seventy one twenty six, I love it. But at first, I didn't because I didn't have it lined correctly. Sure. Every every standard Skagit I put on it, I didn't like. And then and then Andrew Bennett one time from Deniki Outdoors, Deniki Outdoors yep. said to me, he says, Jack, try try a short on that, a Skagit short, and mm-hmm. I'll be damned if I didn't if that thing wasn't just perfect. Just Perfect. Yeah. It was huh. like shooting a dart. And I thought, wow, you know, after all these years and all this casting and I'm pretty efficient at casting, right. Um, yeah. you know, you still, you know, you still have to line the rod correctly. That's, now yeah. that didn't, that didn't mean that my Sage one couldn't cast the standard gadget mm-hmm. cause it did, but it really wasn't that fun. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but now it's fun. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, for sure. Because, you might not ever know that. I know, uh, uh, well, I guess Rio has uh, on their site, they have a place where you can plug in, you know, the rod and your, and they'll give you, sure. you know, shoot out what you need. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of different rods out there and <laughs> for sure, man, you get cast. I know a couple of the rods I have, you know, they feel pretty good, but there's times when I pile out a, a real bad cast and wonder like, well, maybe there is a better, better line I can use for this. 
But yeah, uh, one of the one of the things about lines, one of the I will tell you, one of the most uh, this is I would say one of the most versatile lines I've ever fished. Mm-hmm. When it, now this is a line that does not fish a dry line that great, and it doesn't fish heavy tips that great, but it fishes everything in between uh-huh. pretty damn good. And that's the Rage Compact bite. Yeah, it, it was designed by Tom Larimer. Uh huh. That doggone thing. Um, is probably one of the most versatile lines. Now, I'm not saying it's the best line. I'm just saying it's yeah. versatile. Sure. It, it, it will not, it does not throw a dry tip that great, yep. even though that's what they thought it was for at first. Um, huh. I would much rather have my fall favorite for throwing, you know, the next cast fall favorite for a dry mm-hmm. tip. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, the, and it does not throw heavy tips and heavy flies. But every, boy, I tell you right now, if you want to put it, uh, anything in between that yeah. it really gets it done. So I mean, it's a pretty versatile line. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, those are great, great tips. Um, so, do you have a uh, thinking about some? You know, over the years, you know, I know I've had some few stories that have been a little bit crazy. You have any any crazy fly fishing stories? You know, maybe one you you yes. you might want to share. Yes, one time right. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat on the Upper Columbia, right? And yeah. And I'm not going to name names, and I'm not going to name. There was just a whole lot of alcohol yeah. consumed, right? These yeah. are the guests, and and one of them is a high profile um, <laughs> psychotherapist for big stars in um, in um, in L.A. Uh-huh. Right, uh, movie star. Oh, okay, and he decided to completely undress himself. Oh my gosh. And and bathe nude in the boat. Now, I would call that an odd story. Whoa. Okay, he, in, really, the, in the boat, in the boat on a jet sled. Now we're on a jet sled. Oh my he's, god! He's, and this is with one of my girlfriends in the boat. I'm thinking, Jeez. really? You know, that's an odd story. Wow, uh, that's I guess that's L.A. Yeah, maybe you want to cut that one out of the out of the Skype. No, <laughs> the no, that's yeah. no, we'll, we'll see. No. <laughs> after after that, I said, there. You know, I mean, I. I, you know, alcohol is not a great place on the river. You know, a no. little bit of a beer here and there is a great thing. Yeah. But, but that kind of drinking is, yep. is is out of control there. You know what I mean? That's not right. The um, the, the other one would be taking off. I remember one time with a guest taking off from from San Carlos de Bariloche and walking with, a, with a, a guest friend and walking from San Carlos de Bariloche to uh, Los Alerces Park in Argentina. Uh-huh. Um, that's 300 miles. Huh. Um, and that was with, with rod in hand, backpack on back, and Jeez. flies. And, uh, and then, of course, we thumbed it as well. Yeah. And, and um, That's awesome. Uh, that's, another, that's a good one, right? Yeah, um, that's, that's serious. Wow. So how long did that take you? That was a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool, man. That that sounds like quite a had quite a journey down there. And the you said ten, seven years or ten years you're down there, seven winners, yeah, seven winners, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Nice. Well, we're uh, yeah, we're doing pretty good here. I, I've got a few more questions uh, I was going to throw at you and uh, and uh, kind of go from there. I, I I did. I read somewhere. Sounds like you've uh, done a few trips up to BC. Yes, honestly, if I could, if if I had my druthers, I'd probably live in Smithers or Terrace. Really, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If, I, if I had my options, um, the uh, and then of course I have fished the Dean, um, which 
which is an amazing watershed. The cool thing I would say about Smith or the Skeena yeah. system is that there's so many options, you know, whereas the Dean is the Dean. I mean, when you're on the Dean, that's where you are. Yeah. Whereas, whereas on Skeena, yeah, on the Skeena system, there's, you know, myriad of, you know, you got the Babine, yep. the, the Kispiox, the, the Bulkley, all of it. You know yeah. What, I mean? what was your, did you have one that was kind of your favorite up there? Oh, I would, uh, on the Skeena system, yeah, I, I honestly would probably. Uh, well, that's a hard thing. Yeah, you know, I have not, that is, that is not, a hard one. Yeah, that's a that's a hard one. I've never fished a bad bean, so I couldn't okay. give you anything. Yeah, um, I mean, I do like big water and I do like dry lining or light tipping. Did, so, did you fish the um, main the main stem Skeena? Yes, oh, cool. I really like the Skeena. I have to say, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, did you find? I guess. Uh, uh, crowds up there is it something where you could still i'm not sure if you've been up there recently or not but i heard some you know things that it's getting a little bit busier than we i was i was down there uh, i guess about 10 years ago but uh. yeah the last time i was in the skeena was about eight nine years ago okay. ten years ago so i have not been in a while i've been too busy here the um yeah the uh so i don't know i do know that some of the rules that they have been implemented aren't a bad idea really they just aren't you yeah. know i mean yeah yeah how is it uh do you think uh i guess just thinking different from home waters i mean the fish up there were definitely bigger than some of the the rivers we fish but you sounds like you've gotten into some nice big steelhead over the years yeah well the down there yeah. look at that river honestly there i saw a picture of a fellow let's see who was that uh an amazing steelhead on this river from Sam Sickles. I mean, I, I have seen three or four fish close to that fish, but not, not as big as the fish. Sam Sickles landed one. I, it appeared to be a 25 pound Jeez. fish on, on the Klickitat. Um, wow. I have seen four fish in that, I would say 20 pound class. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. I've also, I mean, I've seen some, you know, I've seen some amazing stuff on the Olympic peninsula as well. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, but you know, really what's amazing, really, honestly, one of my favorite fish on the Klickitat River is a 10 pound, which is nothing to be shaking a stick no, at, right? No. A 10 pound bright chrome summer run on the Klickitat on yeah. a muddler that just, that just flat out crushes it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or for that matter, just sips it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it 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 is uh, more than not, those fish are 10 to 12 pound fish are literally in the air as soon as they're yeah. I, had, I, I clearly remember two fish this year that were cartwheeling. It appeared one second after we were hooked. You know what I mean? They were, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that's yeah, cool. those are great. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Is the muddler, are you using like purple muddlers or different colors? You know, everything from natural. Um, I fish everything from natural to black, red and black. Uh -huh. uh, you know, uh, Brian Chow has a great pattern called the Mushu muddler. Okay. I have a, I have a pattern called the click attack muddler that i use and that one is purple and black okay uh with rubber legs uh brian chow's mushu muddler is various colors um uh his uh, there is a red and black one that i've used by him on really clear water i like that one mm -hmm. and yeah oh nice um what about two flies you ever you ever try two flies I have, or? I have fished i have fished two flies before i I, uh, I'm not a big fan, especially if I'm fishing a long line, I'm not a big fan of the way it yeah. casts. Um, I did on one, 
on one particular occasion this year, I had two flies on and hooked a big fish in what we call car body on, hmm. on, on, um, on the click attack and, uh, on the hang down. I have no idea how I lost that fish. That fish ate it so hard. Um, and, <laughs> uh, but more than not, I'd rather just fish. I mean, in fact, 99% of the time I'm fishing a single fly. Yeah. 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 Or do you on the hang down, do you kind of usually let it hang down there a few seconds or do you have any other things you do on the, on the hang? Well, you know, the funny, here's, <laughs> I watched a lot of people fish and, you know, not many people fish the hang down. And, and then in the same token, I have a buddy that says, I hardly ever catch fish on dry flies. And I said, or on skated dry flies. I said, do you fish a skated dry fly? And he says, no. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I say, well, then how are you going to catch a fish on a skated fly? Yeah. And, and conversely, how are you going to catch a fish on, on a, on a hang down? So um, certain water, certain water lends itself to hang down. Some water doesn't as much. Um, that being said, I always give it, or let me put it this way. I try to always give it four to five foot, four to five, uh, a four to five foot count, Yeah, you know? Um, yep. and, and then, you know, a small twitch, uh, everybody yep. has, I personally don't, um, throb the rod. I generally will just strip it. Mm-hmm. Two quick little strips, actually, is what I do a lot of. And and believe it or not, I have actually hooked, even after those two quick strips, I have hooked a number of fish, especially hatchery fish, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, after I have started retrieving that fly, you know, yeah. um, to, to make my next cast. I don't, I don't know if I can clearly remember any wild fish that way, but that doesn't mean it wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah definitely. Nice. Um I was talking to somebody recently, uh, recently they were talking about how, you know, the bad the crowds were. Do you, do you find that's a, an issue at all on any of the rivers you fish? And is there, there a way that you get, get away from the crowds? Well, you know, it's interesting. Everybody wants to point a finger at the, at the guide pressure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, I, 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 I'm part of that. So I, I, and I am, I am, I am, I am uh, conscious of that actually. In right. fact, at the ranch, we have decided uh, we will not be doing more than eight anglers a day at the ranch okay. ever anymore on purpose. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, I can handle 12. Okay. But I don't want to, first yeah. of all, the experience is less at the ranch and on the river. So, and, but you know, uniquely or interestingly enough in talking with the state department of fish and wildlife, you know, that the guide numbers are actually down from huh. eight years ago oh wow um, think where you're seeing the pressure and there is more pressure and the reason we're seeing that dave is because of funneled zones meaning we there's less watersheds open yeah so, so people have to funnel into those zones and i will tell you that the swing of the the, the you know the new wave yep. of swinging the two-handed rods has brought a lot more people out by foot which is a great thing i mean i'm, yes. I'm not there's just nothing negative about it you know yep. um but there are more people fishing on their own that way too so yep. you combine you combine you combine funneling everybody into three different general areas and then more anglers because it isn't more guides it's actually more anglers yeah um Although there are a significant amount of guides out there still too, and that's not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that it shouldn't, yeah. So anyway, no, definitely, yeah, no, I think it's, uh, 
It's just part of the deal. Yeah, there's going to always be, uh, you know, more people, I guess it seems like, as time goes on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, cool. Well, I, I'm just about there. I had one more big question for you, Jack. If you wanted to, this is kind of one. I'm not sure if you have an answer for. It's kind of a, a you know, kind of like a hundred years from now or whatever when when we're all gone. You know, what what do you feel like you'd like to be remembered for as far in the fly fishing and in, in the fly fishing world? Oh, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, that has never been my. Uh, um, you know, I could have self-promoted. I promoted the evening hatch hard. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, you've done it. You've done a good job. I mean, I just know. I mean, you're definitely the words gotten out there on the evening hatch. I mean, I'm not sure where you're you're marketing or promoting, but you're doing something right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I would promote is the evening hatch. Of course, I am the head of it, and and uh, really, what we want to do is um, is we want a hundred years from now. I just would like probably to. To say that, hey, you know, he, I did kind of lead the pack in Washington when it comes to guiding, and then, mm-hmm. but but not that more that he was an enthusiastic angler who loved to teach. That probably be more like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. And then uh, I commend you, Dave, on your efforts here because you know the you know I know the love that you're in here because yep. I'm there with you, and it isn't it certainly isn't about the wealth building. It's more about the community and. Uh, and you know being part of a good community and trying to help and make a difference and and in that uh i i, I commend you because uh um the uh the game is a fun one and yep. uh, yeah and so keep up the good work thanks no i appreciate that it's definitely uh i've had a goal to start a podcast for i think about two years now and i didn't know what i wanted to start one on and it just kind of all came together for me this year and um you know, it's just that passion, you know, because I'm really passionate about steelhead fishing and it's the thing that just kind of keeps me going. And it just made sense. I was like, gosh, why not just give this a shot? And and now that I've interviewed a number of people, and this is just another example, you know, we've never really talked, you know, uh, much before, but it's just so much fun getting to know somebody else and talk about fishing. And the, the fact that this recording will live probably a hundred years from now, right? It's going to be out there and somebody can listen to it and, and hear about you know, our little conversation and get a few tips on steelheading. I think that's a pretty cool thing, you know? And, and so that's kind of what keeps me going here. I I just enjoy having the conversations. Yeah. Very cool. Dave, you're more than welcome. Just let me know anytime and swing by one of our places that come in and have dinner. Okay. Sounds good. Hey, uh, before I let you go, Jack, uh, just want to remind people. So if they want to find you, can you tell uh, folks where the best place to find you is? Uh, you know, our website, uh, okay. the evening, it's theeveninghatch.com. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, great. Well, thanks again, and uh, I will catch up with you soon, hopefully on the river. Hey, Dave, thanks a lot. All Take right. care. There you have it. If you want to find Jack, go to theeveninghatch.com. And if you want to catch up with uh, the show notes for this episode, just go to wetflyswing.com and we have you covered there. Thanks again, everybody, for stopping by to check out the show today and looking forward to catching up with you sometime soon. I will catch all of you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes.